go live. It's uh, the 15th of June, 2022 at 1300, one o'clock for you military types. Uh, RSA was last week. Um, it was good to get out there and see people again. Um, I think everyone I know probably got some form of con flu or COVID or sickness or illness or, um, you know, whatever, because people have been in a bubble for two plus years and lots of folks decided to go out and meet folks and people aren't feeling well. So to everyone that got sick, hope you get better. Um, hopefully those people that were looking to be uh, more protected did what they needed to do to take the protection steps. Um, but regardless, I thought it was good to go out there and finally interact with humans again. And I, I'm, I'm not a human interaction person, if that makes sense. Like I'm, I'm good with not meeting people, but it was useful and uh, kind of enriching to the soul to get out there and see people again. So for all the folks that I ran into, which there were lots and lots and lots of them, um, it was good to see you. Hopefully we'll catch you on other events. I don't know about Black Hat this year, DEF CON. Uh, just seems to be kind of one con a year is enough, um, but maybe. I will say that it was uh, interesting to see all the repackaged crap that was now ZT suddenly. I mean, in 2019, 2020, there was a lot of talk about ZT. Uh, I think people were saying 2019 or something, 2020, whatever it was. Um, was like the year of zero trust. And then everything went DOA for two plus years. And I would have thought that something crazy new would have just come onto the scene. I don't know, quantum blockchain security shenanigans or something, but it wasn't. It was zero trust all over the place. Um, and I think that the the point to make there is 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 two points, actually. Number one, the strategy continues to prove itself. Um, the fact that there's been so much growth, the fact there's been so much adoption, all the things going on with the federal government, EOs, executive orders, and people from overseas that were very, very into ZT means the strategy continues to prove itself. The adoption is global. It's growing. It's a good thing. It continues to get bigger, better, faster. Um, I, I ran into people from Brazil, Argentina, Japan, Tasmania, Australia, um, Africa, um, Cameroon, specifically in Africa, Nigeria in Africa, um, the UK, Norway, I ran into a Russian guy, um, all talking about ZT and how it's, you know, being applied in their particular organization. So I think that the argument against this as a global initiative is kind of dead. Um, now, the other point is worth making is there was so many vendors that hadn't really done a whole lot of change to what they had already put in place. And they were looking for the thing to latch their marketing dollars to and get that booth at RSA. And all of a sudden they had ZT shit all over their everything. Um, fine. It's marketing. Marketing does what marketing does. Taking your stuff that we know has failed in old approaches and is not strategically aligned and you don't have a really good value proposition for ZT and putting a bunch of zero trust stuff on it does not make it a zero trust thing. Um, and there are those of us that will continue to drive that message forward and have no problem putting people on notice when that does happen because it's it's too important to let this just be marketed to death. So be aware of that um, for whatever it's worth. It's not a threat. I don't make threats. I'm just saying this is something people should be aware of. Now, um, other than that, RSA was, I did 24, 25 miles of walking between meetings in three and plus days, met lots and lots of people. 
really good event um, and had a blast. Uh, but I, I didn't stay out late because I don't really like to party that much. Anyway, it was fun. Hopefully, I'll see you folks some more soon. Whatever. Now, let's go into something because RSA was last week. And uh, you'd think that there would be you know, fixes for all the problems with all the money that was on that fucking show floor. But let's let's do a couple crawls here because this is the part of the thing where I always like to go look and see what's what's actually out there and what is uh, interesting to find. And I found some new stuff today that was even more interesting. Um, so let's go look at this. Uh, so crawling through with a couple of crafted queries, um, my question was, if there's all this cool security stuff out there, and again, I don't put this stuff on the screen because I'm not trying to get myself in trouble. Could I find databases that were vulnerable with really easy sort of configuration changes that could be made? Um, yes. The answer to that is yes. Put a very crafted query in on Postgres SQL, which is a common database thing. Um, and I looked specifically for things that had medical related computer systems as part of the tag. So a database Postgres SQL in the United States with medical computer system tied to it. So something that's inside of a hospital, right? Uh, and I found 15 of them. Now, again, like I always do, I'll notify these organizations that this is there and, you know, share that it's uh, out there. But here we are, 15 of them. And guess what? All of them have no authentication required. Um, 15 databases, medical stuff all in Washington state, all misconfigured and all with no password on them, databases, problem. So that's one. Now let's go look through another. If you run a very specific query, uh, same sort of Postgres SQL thing, and you look for stuff in the US, um, I found a vendor who has a misconfigured system that is database, that is Postgres SQL, with no authentication, talking to the internet, and there's 77 of their database um, responses out there talking right now in the United States. Charlotte, uh, Allen, Elk Grove Village, uh, Rockville, so this looks like North Carolina. I'm not gonna put the name of this vendor out there, but let's just say that they put on a hell of a show at RSA, and with a very simple query, looking for the right thing, stumbled across this, 77, of this vendor, vendor from RSA that probably spent a quarter million dollars on their booth, um, Postgres SQL in the United States, misconfigured, talking to the internet. And again, I'll let them know. I'll send them this stuff. Nearly 100 of them. Does anyone else notice that there's a bit of an issue here? And then lastly, um, because there was so much stuff going on at uh, RSA as well around identity or excuse me, IOT and SCADA and, uh, you know, the different pieces of um, ICS, you know, there was lots and lots of investment going on there. I wanted to do another query and find out what was available in the US that was configured to talk to uh, ICS systems. Um, I found 246 of them. Now the question was, could I find 246 of them that had no authentication required and also would give me a screenshot of whatever that system was? 246 of them. So I'm looking at 246 right now, ICS SCADA systems in the United States, open to the internet, where I can see a screenshot of what the control system is actually doing. Um, looks like there's a water control system here uh, for a reservoir, probably not good. Uh, I also see stuff that is pumps, 
Um, looks like for wells. I see a pressure system. Uh, I see a grain control system. And interestingly enough, I can actually literally see the application error for the application they're running on the web server that's rendering this out to the web. Um, and it tells me which application it is and that it has a serious error and needs to be shut down. So yeah, problem. Uh, and then lastly, um, if you're familiar with the fact that there's a, a drought going on over in the Western part of the United States, um, I'm looking at stuff that is linked to and connected to water control systems out in the Western part of the United States, specifically around Lake Mead. So the question becomes, if that's available, could you, could you jump into that? And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at screenshots, like I'm literally looking at screenshots right now. I really wish I could put this on for live stream, but I'd get myself in a shitload of trouble and I don't look good in the Norm's jumpsuit. Um, but could I modify that and, and take away even more water moving around that area? Is that problematic? Sure. Uh, and then this one here, which is the last one on this list, um, is in Maryland, uh, water treatment system. And this, and I'm quoting, main control panel. Uh, main control panel for a water control system, Maryland, uh, oh, excuse me. Wait, this one says Tucson. So Tucson. So they've got a, oh, that's the Maryland. It's different. Anyway, the name, the, the actual locality of it is in uh, Tucson. Main control panel. There's the tank. There's the pumps. I see one, two, three pumps, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven control valves. Uh, and there's the config. So, yeah. So again, the point I'm trying to make here is we were just at RSA um, lots and lots of vendors showing lots of stuff. I found a vendor's misconfigured thing talking to the internet right here on the show. Um, and I'll let them know because that's what I do. Uh, also, lots and lots of stuff about ICS SCADA, lots and lots of stuff about, you know, all the money that's going in and all the ZT things. And here in my house on this afternoon without more than, I would say, 30 minutes worth of work. And I did have to do a little research on one of the database queries I was running, which Googled it, no problem. <laughs> There you go. So, couple, you know, totaled up 246, 77, 15. So what, like 300 plus results, roughly? Easy peasy. Call it a day. But yeah, we're putting lots of money in this. And to give to give a little, uh, I guess you'd call it flavor to how much money we're putting into this problem and it still is not getting better, th this research was just recently published. So the global cybersecurity market was valued at $139.77 billion in 2021, into 2021. So this basically this year. So call it $140 billion, right? It will grow to $155.8 billion in 2022. So it's growing pretty well. The CAGR is about 13%. Um, global pandemic, nah, 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 nah. Higher than capacity of demand. Uh, rise of 7.7%, blah, blah, blah. The U.S., the average in the U.S., for investment in the United States, which is the US, because that's kind of redundant, dummy, is about $63 billion year over year, right? Growing from 56 billion. Now, the point I'm trying to make here is we still aren't getting the solutions right. We're still not solving the really simple stuff. I don't know how this is continuing to play out, and it's starting to kind of piss me off, honestly. Like I, I thought. I thought it was enough to be overt about it and be willing to get out there and say, look, I found your vulnerable shit. Um, here's how bad things can go, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. But it doesn't seem to be getting enough response or attention so far. Um, so maybe more has got to happen. I'm not sure. But more money, $60 billion in the United States alone per year, 
and we're not fixing the really simple problems. And I'll, I'll provide some additional insight into this in just a second with a report that was literally released today that validates exactly what I'm saying here. So the point is money, no matter how much fucking money we throw at this, is not solving the problem. Hundreds of billions of dollars going in and you can still in an afternoon with a Coke in your hand or a beer or whiskey or Chardonnay or whatever you drink, go off and find vulnerable stuff and rip it to shreds. We're not solving the right problem the right way. Now, to back up what I just said about the fact that this is not being solved the right way, Digital Shadows just released a report. I just started reading it maybe, I don't know, um, call it uh, call it 20 minutes ago. And I'm definitely going to have to get the guys on Digital Shadows to chat with me because I'd love to pick their brain on the data here. But like, let's look at this and understand exactly uh, what they're saying. So analysis by cybersecurity research at Digital Shadows found that there's a 65% increase in usernames and passwords sold, traded, or dumped in cyber criminal forums on the underground, right? Totaled up, there's over 24 billion usernames and passwords that are up for grabs in those marketplaces. Now, last time I checked, there's roughly between 7.1 and 7.4, if I remember correctly, and don't quote me on that number, billion people on the planet. If there's 24 billion, divide that by the number of humans, right? I mean, there's not 24 billion humans. It's not a one-to-one -one thing. That means that there's a lot of devices out there that probably have usernames and passwords. And the fact that people are using really shitty usernames and passwords ad nauseum on a whole lot of things. Of the usernames and passwords available across those marketplace, 6.7 billion, so roughly a third of those, were unique, which is up a third when compared with that previous analysis in 2020, indicating that many usernames and passwords are being accessed and stolen multiple times because of password reuse. One of the reasons for this is because many accounts use common or weak passwords. Now, here's where it gets really irritating. <clears throat> the paper says the most commonly linked passwords. It's 2022. This paper was just released today. <sighs> found over 30 million times and accounting for 0.46 of all unique passwords out of 24 billion or nearly one in 20 is one, two, three, four, five, six. Jesus fucking Christ. One of the simplest passwords around, not even seven or eight, like one, two, three, four, five, six. Now, a lot of those are probably default config stuff. A lot of those are default email address or excuse me, default using passwords that have been stolen, whatever. But Guarantee how many of those users, which you go back and crawl through those other numbers, use that password somewhere. One, two, three, four, five, six. There are also millions of instances of other simple passwords, including over 17 million cases of the numbers one through nine. Over 10 million passwords, which are QWERTY, which is the top line of your uh, keyboard there. And almost 9 million, which are simply password. According to the data, the 10 most common passwords found in this information, in this research, in this study include 123456, QWERTY12345, QWERTY123, default, and 61s. 2022. Um, we're putting $60 billion a year into cybersecurity. We have billion dollar unicorns, supposedly, that are getting crazy amounts of money and you can't win a deal against them because they do the amazing things they do. And we're still sitting here with passwords eating everybody's lunch. And we're still sitting here with people 
bitching and moaning about the fact they have to do or need to do MFA to be more secure on a system. I mean, Jesus, how much proof does, is it possible? I mean, how much, how much evidence does any one organization need? If we had this much failure for this long in any other market and any other initiative, people would be losing their mind and we'd be figuring out a different way to solve this problem. And they'd be approaching it with a more intelligent approach to the problem. But here we are. This is the self-licking ice cream coat of misery. It's great for the VCs. It's great for the bankers. It's great for all the people that want to throw more money into this because they're making money. This is the only market, even though the economy is in free fall, that's going to continue to grow and make money probably because it just is what it is. It's the, the gaping black hole of investment where you can continue to throw money at it and somehow you make money on the far end and no one knows that there's actually a success anywhere. But here we are. I'll get off my soapbox now, but I mean, Jesus Christ, man, like every time I have to argue with somebody about this, like the data says that we're right. We're not solving the right problems the right ways. The The fact that we're investing in all these things that are supposed to be helping people, we're relying too much on the human problem. We're relying too much on people not to be people and they shouldn't, they should do other things. They shouldn't be security engineers. They shouldn't have to know how all this stuff works, um, but the basics should be made to be part of that whole thing. Great report. Go read it. Digital shadows. Um, now, because of RSA, Forrester also published a really good uh, blog. Jeff uh, Pollard, Jess Byrne and Allie Mellon, who are all super folks, published a, a paper, a blog about the Reaper comes for cyber unicorns. Now, this is interesting, too, because I think it's time that this market personally gets gutted, um, especially the unicorn side, because there's a lot of unicorns that are just donkeys with a fucking horn glued to their head that have been partied out like they are a unicorn. Just 12 months ago, cyber startup ecosystem seemed fine. More funding and valuations skyrocketing, crazy valuations. Uh, I won't go through all that number, but, you know, Laceworks, Cyber Reason, One Trust, three vendors, over $3 billion in funding. And now I've laid off over a thousand people. So money talks, everything else walks. All of a sudden, here you go, things change and the tides turn and all of a sudden um, people start cutting jobs, which is not cool. And it sucks that this is the layoff cycle that's gonna happen. But I'm, I'm, my prediction, and I'm, I'm saying this for the record, the only, or, the only market that's gonna continue to grow for the next year plus while the market continues to be in free fall with actual growth is going to be cyber because we're going to continue to get attacked. People continue to suck at the basics and we're going to continue to fail. Um, and money is going to continue to get poured into this. So I don't know that I would be laying people off to be perfectly frank. Now, Jeff and, and Ali and uh, Jess, I'll say as the gilded age of cybersecurity unicorns ends, there's an opportunity begins for CISOs. And here's their points. Recruit from vendors the way they recruit from customers. Vendors often hire cybersecurity practitioners from non-vendor organizations, but practitioners do so less often. Do not ignore vendor talent because they haven't worked in a corporate cybersecurity team before. Go get people that are not traditional, right? I was a diesel engineer. Anybody can do this work if they want to do this work. I'll tell you that unequivocally. The talent vendors will let go as they trim costs will come from diverse backgrounds with experience from working with dozens to hundreds of other organizations. They're going to know stuff. They're going to be experienced. Use this to your advantage, CISOs, by hiring this talent and learning from experience. They're not going to necessarily all be people that have got OSCP and other certifications that are specific to cyber. You can teach them things. They're capable of learning. They've done it a whole lot of different ways. 
Look for skill sets you may have previously ignored. Sales engineers can make excellent architects because they know stuff, especially in customer-facing roles because they interact with customers. Think about marketers, those types of things. Use the instability as a retention tool. I'm a little bit miffed on that one because that one might be kind of uh, walking a razor's edge, but okay, makes sense. Um, and then lastly, expect the vendor relationship to worsen because when job cuts happen, things get shaky and then put vendor put pressure on the vendors now. You've got leverage, use it. It's not about the vendors, it's about the end users. Uh, the US Army published a paper that said that they were going to double the size of their active duty cyber corps. Um, okay, I don't know how they're gonna do that when they don't know where they're gonna get the people from. The Army intends to double the size of its active duty cyber corps by the end of the decade. So pretty far out, okay, fine, eight years including boosting its electronic warfare capacity. Uh, this is from John Harper on FedScoop, according to services officials. The service is putting more emphasis on those types of capabilities to compete with advanced adversaries, such as China and Russia. Um, service plans to increase the size of its cyber branch across all components, active guard reserve from about 5,000 to about 7,000, um, <clears> and see that there's gonna be a need for growth there. Now, the question that I have is, where are they going to get these people and how are they planning on growing it? If you look at the numbers and the trends and the data around what's going on with military recruitment and enlistment and those types of things, it's going down. Um, about every 10 years, you can almost put your watch to it. The U.S. government, the military, the DOD start to downsize. And what happens? They let people go. They retire people early. Um, I have a, fun, a buddy of mine that's Navy who's retiring next month, who's actually retiring two years ahead of schedule because they said, look, do you want to retire? And he's like, hell yeah, I do. So they're they're downsizing. The point being, there's going to be more competition in this market because guess what? The federal government, the DOD, is saying they're going to recruit more people. We're going to have more cyber threats. We're going to have more growth of technology. This is becoming a perfect storm. And we're going to be competing for the same resources across corporate America, DOD, et cetera. So anyway, like I said earlier, be aware that your investment in the space is probably going to go up. Um, be aware that this market is going to continue to grow. And oh, by the way, it's going to be more difficult in the next few years to get more people to do the work. So you choices boil down to scratch for people, automate, orchestrate, use machine learning, those types of things and get away from one and done or deal with the reality of this and understand that you're going to continue to be understaffed. You know, if the Army's coming after people, the Navy's coming after people, the Air Force is coming after people, the Marine Corps, the Coast Guard. I don't know about the Space Force because I don't know what the hell they do. Um, my guess is they're probably recruiting as well. But you're going to be looking for the same people. The pool gets infinitely shorter, infinitely quicker. Um, so be aware of that. Uh, and then a couple other things here because I don't want to ramble on too long because I've been talking 20-something minutes and folks got other things to do. Um, there was an article that was published about this, the CR2 pledge. Um, if you want sort of real evidence about the, I guess you'd call it lack of teeth for these, you know, international cooperation agreements that are out there, go look at this thing because there's nothing to it. Um, CR2 pledge, the signatories to this pledge understand in order to enhance cyber resiliency and counter every evolving cross-border cyber threat, such as growth of ransomware, we must enable the seamless implementation of risk-based approaches to the cybersecurity around the world. Internationally recognized cybersecurity frameworks and standards that are based upon principles of risk management relevant across sectors support such implementation and global supply chains and a whole bunch of other stuff. Increased in the adoption of these frameworks and a commitment to internationally recognized cyber risk management approaches and frameworks that are relevant across sectors 
can bring widespread economic benefits, help governments now. And there's a bunch of signatory companies, uh, signatory associations. But this is a pledge. There's no pledge in it. There's no there's no when I pledge like I pledge to, I don't know, be a better man or be a better father or I don't know, something like that. Like you pledge and you say, this is what I'm going to do. All this says is that there's a bunch of good ways to do stuff. And then it doesn't say what things are going to specifically do. It talks about encouraging development, talks about supporting some effort. Um, it talks about reassessing our cybersecurity policies. There's no teeth to this. This is the greatest example of just paper shuffling bullshit that I've read in the last five years. Um, so yeah, go look at it, CR, crx2.org slash pledge. There's nothing here, no teeth whatsoever. And this was lauded in a whole bunch of publications as all these organizations have signed up. They're really cooperating. It's super great, amazing stuff. Um, it's There's you know more to come with it. There's nothing here. This, if it was printed, this would be toilet paper. Not cool. This is what's skewing the market. This is what's skewing the approach. This is only hurting us. We should not be doing more of this stuff. Now, lastly, one more thing, because I want to wrap this one up, because it was interesting just to read about it. Um, if you're into AI like I am, and you're into real artificial intelligence and those types of things, there's an article from a Google engineer who was placed on leave uh, after he claims AI program went sentient. Now, artificial intelligence chatbot and generator and Lambda, which if you've read anything about Lambda, it's pretty interesting to be acknowledged as an employee of Google rather to the uh, property, says the engineer Blake Lemoyne. This is published by uh, Mary Pappenfuss on June 12th. Um, a Google engineer is speaking out since the company placed him on administrative leave after he told his bosses an artificial intelligence program he was working on with now sentient. Now, there's a whole lot of other things you got to read about here. And I read through the, the whole crux of this case. The point is it's not sentience um, and people freaked out about this. And there was, I mean, I was poking fun at it with a Terminator meme or gif, but there was, it's, there's, there's, it's not sentience. Okay. This is a chat bot that was doing a really good chat. If you actually go and read through some of the other stuff, that's not the mainstream publications around this. The dude who was saying this was sentient, crafted the stuff he put into the narrative to make it look like it was way more interactive than it actually was not a knock on him. I understand what he was doing, but that's kind of what happened. Um, you know, he put some tweets out, uh, pushed it forward and then, you know, found out Google found out about it or whatever. And then they became a thing. So point being, um, there's no sentient AI. Don't freak out. The Skynet is not here yet. It's not really that crazy bad yet. Um, I didn't see anything at RSA that said someone had created sentient AI because usually that does happen, but I didn't see it. Anyway, um, just my my point would be read through this stuff with a grain of salt. Don't necessarily freak out about it. Um, we're not at AGI yet. This is not sentience. Uh, and you know when it comes to reporting with quotes around it in the news, they're all scrambling for something to report about. So anything that looks like it's got some teeth to it, they're going to lead with it. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're bit news is a business. They're making money on clicks. So, you know, be aware of that. I spend all day reading the news and trying to share what's actually valuable, I think. Um, but it takes a lot of research to figure out where the truth lies. So there is no sentient AI. Um, Google didn't create Skynet. Just you know, take a breath, relax. It's not the end of the world yet. I mean, the world's ending itself in a whole lot of other ways, but it is what it is. Anyway, 27 minutes into this, everybody's got other stuff. Um, if I saw you at RSA, 
thank you for meeting me. Thank you for shaking hands. It was great to see people again. Um, you know, read, learn, help others, do the right thing, fix your shit. Um, other than that, stay smart, stay safe, stay secure. Disclaimer, the information in this podcast episode, aka episode, is provided for general information purposes only. By listening to this episode, you understand that this is not specific technical guidance from the host. No information contained in this episode should be construed as security advice from the author, host, or guest, nor is it intended to be a substitute for security advice on any particular subject matter. No listener of this episode should act or refrain from acting on the basis of any information included in or accessible through this episode without seeking the appropriate technical or other professional advice on the particular facts and circumstances that are discussed. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All views expressed therein are those of the host and his guest and should not be considered as being endorsed by nor related to the host or the guest's employers.